Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Sons of Comics podcast. My name's Steve Pugh. And I'm Scott Hill. And uh, today we are just going to go over a couple of big things. And if you don't, if you've never listened to this podcast before, we talk about movies, comic books, uh, comic book TV shows, and everything nerddom and everything that is awesome. So today is especially awesome when we get to talk about two big trailer releases over the past two weeks. And uh, that's right. that's, I guess, yeah, that's right. We're going to talk about um, crap. I was trying to think of some art movie like movies to bring up just to call people, but I'm actually Dude. excited for these two trailers. So I can't even, I can't even think about it. It's just like, Ooh. anyway. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, there's plenty of other great movies out there, but we're going to focus on two that actually mean something to us today, <laughs> something that's important that everybody really, really, really cares about. That's right. Because that's, that's what right. we do. That's right. Uh, so, let's see. Two weeks ago, the trailer for uh, Captain America Civil War uh, released. Well, that was on Jimmy Kimmel as well, wasn't it? I am not sure. Because I watched it via YouTube and paid no attention to what channel it was on. Well, as far as I know, uh, both the trailers we're talking about today were both released um during a Jimmy Kimmel live show on television. Yeah. I, so. I think that's how that's one of his gimmicks for keeping relevant. Man, he's yeah. lucky. He probably gets all the viewers, man. Uh, no, unfortunately, Fallon still demolishes him. Yeah, well, Fallon's better anyway. Yeah, well, I, I, I just <laughs> like the lip sync battles. Ah, uh, I just think he's funny. You need to see his uh, what is it? There's like slap poker that he does with Justin Timberlake. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He did it with Ryan Reynolds. He did like. Yeah, yeah, that was really funny. I think that I was... sent that one to you. Possibly. Probably. Uh, it also has to do with the trailer that I want to talk about. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Um, so wait, what was your initial reaction to the Cap Civil War trailer? Um, basically, that trailer was just solid. Like, it was just, like, that that trailer kind of cemented to me that uh, has convinced me that the Captain America Civil War movie is going to be just as good as, uh, as, as Winter, Winter Soldier. Yeah, and that, like, you know, the people who are making it kind of have a plan and that everything is going to be everything is going to be working together and like I mean because if I was to compare it even to like Age of Ultron like in the trailers for Age of Ultron it, it seemed a little messy yeah it did it was just sort of like it's like okay that's interesting and this is interesting I don't see how these go together but they're, they all happen in the same trailer, so they're all happening in the same movie. So, okay. But whereas this one for Civil War, I'm like, okay, I don't specifically know how these events, like the specifics of these events, but I can see how this is coming together. Like that trailer really made me feel like as someone who is a, a budding writer and and armchair movie critic, like I, I was just like, it, it made me 
it made me put my monocle in and say, that's good trailer making. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. And I think a lot of the success that we're going to see with this movie is due in part to the Russo brothers who directed The Winter Soldier and yeah, how yeah. great they did. And like you said, with the trailer, with Captain America Civil War trailer, it didn't give away, I guess, too much. I mean, a lot of trailers nowadays like basically can give you the whole story. But, I mean, even though this one basically gave you the, the plot line, I mean, it still leaves a lot to be... I guess to be explored because, you know, we still haven't seen uh, Ant-Man who is in it. We haven't seen Spider-Man yet who's in it. I yeah. don't know for sure if Vision's in it, but uh, also the, one of the villains Vision, of the story. Vision is supposed to be in it. Yeah, and then Baron Zemo, who is supposed to be one of the villains, is in it. We haven't seen him either. So there's plenty left to be explored, and I really appreciate it about the trailer that it left some mystery to, uh, I guess, to be explored. Yeah, well, I'm super amped. Yeah, at the same time though, what I think the trailer did so well is it really honed in on what the conflict was and made it compelling. Like it's sort of because I mean, if I was to look at the earlier trailers for Batman versus Superman, they they honed in on what the conflict was, which is that Batman is pissed off at Superman. Exactly. But But I almost felt like in their trying to kind of keep keep their cards close to their chest. I almost felt like those early trailers didn't do a good job of making it, like, like compelling for why he is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, it's just, it was sort of like, I look at those early trailers and I just think, Batman is mad at Superman because he's Batman and he's, paranoid. But even then, I'm only projecting that because I know the character of Batman. These trailers are telling me <laughs> nothing. You know what I mean? Yes, Whereas exactly. This, this Captain America Civil War one, it, it hones in on why, you know, and it, it's all about Bucky. It, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's like you've got someone who is has been a prolific assassin. Totally against his will. Totally brainwashed into doing it, but still. You know, and it's like, because he's Captain America's friend, he's defending him. Whereas everyone else is like, this guy is a killer and needs to be brought, you know, needs to be brought to justice for his crime, especially huh. Tony Stark. And it's just like, and that's, like, especially especially if you watch the previous stuff, that is, like, really compelling stuff. It is, and it makes for a very strong point throughout all the Captain America films that we've seen prior to this, because... If we look back at Captain America, the first Avenger, much of the story was bent on him saving his friend in, in the beginning after he gets the super uh, super soldier serum. And then he loses his friend, which is the kind of turning point where he gets really angry and wants to finish things. Fast forward to Winter Soldier, it's still about Bucky. Again, yeah. the whole story is bent on him. And then fast forward again to now, it is again about him and his friendship and relationship with Bucky. But if we also look at it from another angle, it, it this is also a Civil War story. And even though this trailer made me feel like it's it's all about Bucky, does it bother you that it's not as much about Civil War, about that comic book event? Not really. Pro- um, a number of reasons is, one, I feel like the trailer f- was focusing on on sort of the one aspect 
because, I mean, we know that they have what, what's going to be called the Sokovia Accords, and we saw a little glimpse of uh, General General Thaddeus. Ross. Yeah, I can't remember his first name is Thaddeus. I just, I just know it's is this his name? Name Thunderbolt. Some other Greek name, some other jerk jerk colonel's name, something? I can't remember. I would look it up on Google, but I'm on my phone, so... Either um, way, John Hurt, he's going to be awesome. I love yeah, him in, yeah, yeah. In, yeah, the, I, in the Hulk. I was very excited to see him back. But, um... But, you know, it's like he... They touched on a little bit with him where it's like there's going to be these the Sokovia Accords and how you look at all the wanton destruction that happened in the Age of Ultron and everything like that. There's going to be, like... You know, there's going to be like actual legis- legislation that's happening to kind of rein in superheroes, which is very much adapting the Civil War comic. That but, is true. But but it's like but that's going to be like the broad sweeping um, conflict, the the like center fine. Um, the, the the central like I'm uh, losing words. Usually it's good, it's good like it's it's good storytelling to kind of have like to have to have something that's like a broad sweeping conflict like you mean civil- underlying conflict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like yeah, and so like for instance, the idea of a civil war. You see this like in civil war movies. You have the whole backdrop of, of you know, everyone's fighting against each, you know, everyone's fighting against each other. Uh, it's the north versus the south and everything like that. But then to make it good storytelling, they then pinpoint that conflict into like a specific example, where you have someone who is now fighting his family that lives in the north. You know what I mean? Right. It's a very gone with the wind sort of sort of feel to it, right? You know, this is... Yeah, yeah. It's, they they, they take of, the larger conflict like, and then they, they pinpoint, you know, that central, yeah. I guess yeah. that central point that is kind of fueling everything else. That's kind of... Yeah, yeah, exactly. everything that's, else that's, in. Yeah, Titanic did the same thing. All historical movies do the same thing. They always put it like... You know, it's like this is the backdrop where, and and it gives you the impression that this type of thing that were happening, that we're seeing happen to these specific people, is actually happening to like everyone that's involved in this conflict. But we can't look at all of them, so we're just going to focus on these two, so you get an idea of how deep this conflict was. And I feel like that's that's kind of the purpose that Captain America and Bucky and uh, and Tony Stark is going to serve. Like that's going to be the central focus to show you how deep the conflict is. But we'll still I think they really turn up the heat, though, on that. They, like, really turn that up even at the end of the trailer, and I think we should break this, break the whole thing down quickly in a minute, but with Tony Stark, you, we heard at the end of the trailer, he's like, I, I wouldn't do this if, if I had any other way, but he's my friend, and then Tony's like, well, I was too. And what? they just, they just kind of want to turn family members and Avenger family members on each other which makes for real compelling action and uh, yeah. drama. Which, what's interesting is I've heard some people, like, um, debate that line. Like, there's some, like, I've read online just in the message boards, like, go on and everything. There were people that are, like, that felt that line didn't work for them because their first thought was, wait, 
Tony and Steve, like, friends? Sure, in the comics, but in the movies, they've, like, <laughs> always been at each other's throats. It's you know? true. It does feel a little out of place in, in a sense because it's like, you're being serious, right? Was that sarcastic? Because it should have been sarcastic because yeah. you guys have never seen my friend. If if anything, you've been one step away from grabbing each other's throats and, you know, throwing each other across yeah. the room. But Mostly the down. compelling counter-argument I've seen, though, is the idea that um, that the idea that from Tony's perspective, even though they've been at each other's throats, Steve Rogers absolutely is his friend. Because if you look at Tony Stark, he values work relationships as friendships. Everyone that he's good friends with, he works with. He's totally a workaholic. That's like his way of making you his friend. It's like, oh, I like you. I'm going to now demand that you do a whole bunch of unreasonable crap, but hey, I'm going to pay you for it because you're my friend. Which you know makes I mean? sense like, because he's such good friends with Dr. Banner. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. He 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 defines friendships by working relationships. And so that's – and so if you look at it that way, you get the sense that from Tony's perspective, they absolutely were friends. But from Steve's perspective, there is – Friends, and then there's friends. There's friendship relationships that I am on edge about because I, I seriously want to destroy this person well, sometimes, but we work well together anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like you know, it's like, it's like Steve was like, no, we're friendly to each other. Yeah, we're, we work well together. But this guy isn't just a, this guy that I'm protecting isn't just a friend. He's a comrade. He's, He's, like, I mean, he's an extension of me. We've got each other's backs. You know what I mean? Well, it's kind of hard to push that childhood relationship away. I mean, obviously, they were best friends. They took care of each other. They've always been there for each other. And they've, you know, they've had the, I guess they've been through the hard times together where, you know, it was life and death. And, uh, well, they always choose each other, which is is pretty important. Exactly. And so... I'm really hoping, I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm thinking that the Russos are smart enough that they'll play with this. The idea that a big part of the Civil War, too, is not just that, um, it's not just the conflict that Tony Stark and Steve Rogers are at each other's throats, but just the deeper subtext that they define, that this is a conflict to the point where how they define friendship is is going to be going up against each other. You know, the Tony Stark's idea. And I'm like, and looking at it that way, his, his line where he's like, so was I, absolutely works because it gives you a peek into Tony Stark's mind. So Tony Stark usually walks around as if, as if he's invulnerable. You know what I mean? That's That line that he says is one of the few times we actually see Tony Stark offering up vulnerability and just being like, no, this whole time I've looked at you as a friend. Have you not seen that? thought I made it clear. Yeah. I I said you were the boss, even though I'm paying for everything. That's that's me telling <laughs> you I'm your friend. You know what I mean? It's like, my it's money. Cool. It's, it's my Valentine to you. It's my money. But, um, yeah. yeah. And then, anyway, and then throw, yeah. But then you throw into it the fact, too, that um, all signs are pointing towards the fact that Bucky is the one that killed that that 
killed Tony Stark's parents, and in the sense of betrayal, just even even more. You know. Do you think we're gonna find that out? Do you think that's gonna come to light in this movie, oh, or do you think they'll leave that out? No, I totally think I think that has to happen because that's that'll be the that'll be the fulcrum that gets Tony Stark to be like, wait, this guy has to be brought in. We'll see, though, because, I mean, think about this. I mean, Tony Stark, at this point, he's, like, in his 40s or whatever, and he may not even care. I mean, his parents have been dead for decades, and it hasn't really occurred to him that maybe somebody else is responsible, and if they are, does it really matter at this point? But, all things aside, there are a bunch of other things that we can talk about in this show besides Tony's parents, and I think we ought to you know, bring into light that we have Black Panther in the movie, which is just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, just that's pretty cool. Phenomenal. <laughs> I, think, I think he'll play the most interesting part, and I'm most interested to see him fight just because, I mean, come on, he's, he's Black Panther. He's got a suit that's interlaced with vibranium. He's got some pretty amazing tech on his side, and he's supposed to be, like, a very, 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 very skilled fighter. Yeah, like, I mean, you in just the three shots that you've seen him in, one of them, he's kicking Bucky's trash. Did you see the him hooking it down that highway or whatever that tunnel was? Yeah, there's that other one where he's chasing Bucky down, and Captain America's chasing him down as he chases Bucky down. And the amazing thing is, is, is that he's outrunning Captain America and keeping pace with Bucky. Like, that's huge. That's like, you know what I mean? That's, especially since I've had some people point out the, like, if you, when you see, um, when you see Chris Evans run, you can tell he did track in high school to the point that apparently they couldn't use a stunt double for him when he's running because no one had as, as good a form as he did when he runs. Forget it. If the, if the guy can run, let him run. Yeah, run exactly. for it. Exactly. But, but no, I think like, it'll what? be it'll be fun to see because if you look at it this way, we have I guess in this universe the winter soldier is kind of a metahuman because they've done experiments on him and the only way yeah. that he survived the fall is that they've done some genetic or super super soldier serum type esque stuff to him when Cap saved him. So yeah. he is a little bit stronger. And then you have Cap who's a super soldier, and then you have the Wakandan prince. For any of you who aren't acquainted with Black Panther, he's from this uh, this uh, fictional African country called Wakanda that is home to um, vibranium. That's where vibranium comes from. And then he is allowed to eat a certain herb that gives him um, enhanced senses and some strength. Um, and only he's allowed to eat it because it's only for like the princes and the royalty of Wakanda um, to do so. But all things aside, it's like a big super soldier battle, which yeah. is part of is one of the best things about the Captain America movies. Is you're not seeing people shooting rockets at each other, just great hand to hand fighting in any Cap uh, Captain America movie because that's what Cap does best. He beats the crap out of people. So yeah. I think we're going to see some really really good hand to hand battles, including um, Crossbones who is also in the movie, who we've got a glimpse at from yeah. uh, set photos and stuff. Do you know much about Crossbones? Um, I know that he's a mercenary and that he's, as 
that he's a reckless son of a bitch. Like, that's pretty much what I felt about him. Like, that's a good M.O. I want S.O.B. on my M.O. <laughs> yeah, like, he's... I mean, the thing is, though, is that Crossbones was in Winter Soldier before, you know, you know, before getting burned up and everything. But, uh... Yeah, exactly. which is one, which is one of the things I love that Marvel does where it's like, it's like, okay, we need this character to fulfill this function. Well... We've been writing comics forever, so instead of just making up a new character, let's grab a character from the comics and have them fill this function. And then you Easter and, egg him like a, a movie before yeah. you plan on airing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then it's like he's then and then that way it's not distracting from the story at hand, but it's a fun Easter egg for the fan to look for that stuff. It's like it's kind of like with the Dark Knight movies. Like, The Dark Knight, I thought, was a great movie that had, like, tons of people play a part in that story. And that's because it just broke all the other random characters who weren't the main characters down to, like, their their function in society. And didn't really give them more characterization beyond that, really, right? Well, with Batman, many of his most important characters are the ground-level characters. I mean, they have an yeah. impact. And you can do yeah. that with Batman. It's a little harder yeah. with Marvel. You have to kind of, you kind yeah. of have to pick the big ones. You're like, oh well, what kind of mid-sized hero can we bring into this or villain? You know, without yeah. you know doing too much labor and CGI. Yeah. But with the uh, but with the Dark Knight, I liked. I actually started getting a little obsessive and started head cannoning. You know, making this head cannon that oh right. that that random guy, that random civilian who was so, um, he was like, fine, I'll do it. I'll pull the trigger, you know, before the clock runs out and everything, and then chokes. I'm like, oh, that was William Talkman, the clock, the clock king. And Christopher Nolan was standing here, like, no, I didn't intend that. I'll be like, shut up, Christopher Nolan, headcanon. What do you know? You didn't do anything for this movie. You just That's sat right. there and told people what That's to right. do. That was that was the clock king. That was your way of doing your Christopher Nolan thing on the clock king and having him play a small part. And that big prisoner guy. That was your version of Killer Croc. And and Lao yeah, was uh, the calculator. And on and on and on. Like I, I started getting kind of obsessive. Just like every character correlated with some comic book character. Because why the crap not? That I can handle. It's the guy that made up that theory that that uh, I guess we'll get to this in a second. But uh, Bruce Wayne in Batman v Superman is not actually Bruce Wayne. It's Slade Wilson, and that Alfred is Billy Wintergreen, and that this is not the same yeah. universe, or this is the same universe That's... as the Dark Knight. And I'm like, dude, I read through that theory, and I was like that is way too much work for any one of those people that created this movie to want to have to go through and put all these tiny yeah. little Easter eggs and connections in. You are a fruitcake, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that that theory is dumber than Luke Skywalker being Kylo Ren. I know. I'm, I'm, I am I'm. still think about it, and it just gets my blood boiling. I'm like, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but you're a moron. Yes, yes. You're, cons- the, you're, uh, you're a conspiracy theorist of... Of fictional worlds. Yeah, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't get the money for it, so I'm not going to buy yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, totally. But anyway, anyway, yeah. Yeah, Black Panther, really excited for that. I mean, it, once again, for anyone listening, 
if you if you've heard our ramblings about who Black Panther is and you don't know who he is, all you need to know is African Batman. That's yeah, African Batman. That's perfect. Yeah, he's totally like, you know, instead of instead of you know a rich kid whose parents were killed, he was African prince in a in a remote but wealthy country that was taught. African martial arts and just so much trash. He's so cool. Who is, which country is also very high tech, even for but, yeah. seeming low tech. They are very high tech. Yeah, the, his, his country is kind of interesting because it's like, they, it's like culturally they still do the stereotypical African tribe thing, but yet they have lots of high technology because they're the only place where vibranium exists. So it's, they're kind of like little... Gotham in a way because Gotham's like timeless. Like they still drive these old cars like from the 60s and 70s and whatever and yet they all walk around with cell phones. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, how does, which, that, how does that equate? But either way. Which, um, yeah. which I, this might be derailing a little bit and we'll have to discuss this on another episode, but I still firmly feel that the DC universe works best when not only when the characters are actually in like parallel universes. So that way it's like Batman, like instead of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman all being in like the same universe, they're like in parallel dimensions because then that way Bat, because I feel like it's not just Bat- Batman, it's Batman and Gotham. Gotham's like an extension of him, you know, and it's like... It's true. I, I can imagine Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman being in the same world together, but I have a hard time believing Gotham and Themyscira and Atlantis. You know, it's the places they come from that I have a hard time believing share the same world. I'm just like... So in my mind, when I pictured the DC movie universe, I'm like, that's what they should do. They should have them all be, like, separate from each other. And then when it comes time for Justice League, they do the crisis on Infinite Earth things, and they realize, oh my gosh, there's these other dimensions, and something's threatening them all. But yeah, exactly. That's not what's that's not what's happening. So, yeah, another topic for another day. <laughs> yeah. So overall, um, just to break down the trailer, we did see plenty of, of cats um, kind of getting chased around by government officials, being told he can't do whatever he wants anymore. He doesn't like that. Tony tells him he wants to punch him in his perfect teeth. Um, we got to see little bits of other characters like Agent 13, which is Sharon Carter's in there. Uh, a yep. character played by Martin Freeman also, uh, makes a, a tiny minuscule cameo in the trailer. I'm sure he'll be, play a bigger role. But, uh, aside from that, we're still missing a bunch of other characters, um, including Spider-Man, who I hope, uh, fully suits up, uh, to do his job as well as uh, Vision and uh, Baron Zemo, who apparently will not be wearing a sock mask, which I'm kind of ticked about because I really wanted to see it. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Baron Zemo, I mean, I hope at the very least he has fur. He's got to have, like, the fur trim. Oh, yeah, and a sword. He's got to have a sword. Absolutely. But um, but that also reminds me of how I wait on bated breath for when Taskmaster shows up in mm-hmm. in a Marvel movie. And I hope... What you want to bet it's Deadpool? Ha- what? What you want to bet that he'll show up in the, in, the, in a Deadpool movie? How awesome would that be? 
Um, I don't think that would be cool because Deadpool's the one person that Taskmaster can't fight because he's too unpredictable. But I think Marvel has the rights to Taskmaster, not Fox. So I think I think if he shows up anywhere, it'd be in a Marvel movie. I'd just like to see him go up against Captain America because once again, Captain America's kind of turned into the hand-to-hand combat king of Marvel, and well, there's no better contender for that title than Taskmaster. Well, I just think you know Deadpool ought to show up in uh, you know Infinity War Part Two and just like you know cut Thanos' head off and be like, yeah, you know he's got his thumb up, he's smiling at the camera. I get this. <laughs> something like that. That's a very Deadpool thing to do. Um, Overall, what grade would you give the trailer? Oh, we're assigning grades? You know, like, just like standard letter grade. I would probably probably give the trailer (laughs) crap, I wasn't thinking in terms of grades. I'd probably give it like I'd probably give it like a solid uh, a solid A- minus. You know, like that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, it, it's there's it is it's good form, but yeah, let's discuss the other trailer so I can explain. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this trailer for Batman v Superman did so many things all at once, but ultimately uh, left me happy, but upset at the same time. And I'll tell you why. Um, the trailer made me happy. I'll do it. I'll do this because scenario. It made me happy because we got to see a great exchange between Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent and the clash of their ideals alongside this very foppish uh, Lex Luthor. It made me sad because they showed me Doomsday. I mean, we all suspected it was going to be Doomsday and we pretty much all came to the same conclusion that, yes, we're going to get Doomsday. They have Zod's body. They're going to do something to it, turn it into Doomsday. But I was I was upset at the end because I was like, why did you show us that? We didn't need to see it. We were all riding on the fact that this is just going to be an awesome beatdown between Superman and Batman. And then they just kind of threw in Doomsday and totally changed the whole pace of everything. Now everybody's like, okay, well, now it le- feels less about the fight than it is about Doomsday in the end. Otherwise, Doomsday looked great, and I was happy about the trailer in general. I got to see a lot of things I wanted to, and there's plenty more to discuss, but that's me on the trailer. That's my overview first. So I'm going to put this very delicately but firmly. Your argument is invalid because freaking Wonder Woman. I knew you were going to say that. Why did I know that? I should have said something about... Wonder Woman being irrelevant, and then you nope. would have just been like, "You're you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong." <laughs> well, that would have been you saying Wonder Woman being irrelevant would have been a stupid, stupid statement because I don't no, think I you quite understand the importance here. We've seen Superman a lot. We've seen Batman a lot. And one of the things that's done with this trailer that. I I usually tend to do with trailers. Like, I, I, I'm totally a show-and-tell type of person. Like, I'll be like, ooh, I saw something cool, and I try and, like, share it with everyone just to see if I get a reaction, you know? 
what nerds do. This, but this trailer, like, like I mean, it's funny. There's a huge, uh, there's a huge disconnect from like the comic book geeks and the general public when it comes to this trailer. I don't think this trailer was meant for the comic book geeks because the comic book geeks, like you said, they were already there with Batman versus Superman. Yeah, all you had to say was that. And then they yeah. did this big show but, and tell with Doomsday for everybody. They did this to for everybody. And see, that does not bug me much at all anyway. You, um, for a number of reasons. One, I'm sorry, but Doomsday is not is kind of a is kind of a flat dumb character. He's big, he's bony, and he killed Superman. He didn't well, even the last in part isn't even bummy at all. You know, it's like he didn't like, but but still, it's like it's like uh, a lot of people are upset. It's like, no, they're wasting Doomsday. I'm like, Doomsday was kind of a waste of a character anyway. He was, he has no character. He, yeah, it's like the basically it was sort of like DC's like, man, we need something that will kill Superman. It's like, well, oh. the Hulk, the Hulk would do it. It's like, but we don't have the rights to the Hulk. Um, well, okay. Let's look at it this let's way, though. The DC universe, the DC universe is chock full of awesome villains to mess with and to use at their discretion, like that are super powerful. And Doomsday is just one of the many of the big guys mm-hmm. that they could choose yeah. from. Marvel doesn't have a ton of big guys to choose from. They have maybe like I don't know, like four or five big guys they could choose from. But I think DC kind of generally rules the landscape in terms of like awesome villains to choose from. Yeah, but and and that's the thing though. Out of all of those awesome villains, Doomsday is actually kind of low on the totem pole when it comes to being a compelling villain. He's he's a plot device. He's always been a plot device. He was never a compelling character. I mean, for crying out loud, his backstory was he was a baby that was killed so many times until they couldn't kill him anymore. And then he was indestructible. Pretty much, which, yes. Which is goofy. That's like, that's that's kind of funny. That's really, really funny. But um, and so I'm like, I'm not... Poor I'm kid, just, I sympathize for him. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Spartan way. Um, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not bent out of shape. One, the, the fact that they're using Doomsday as a plot device because he always has been a plot device. And two, the fact that they revealed him often doesn't bother me. But see, here's the thing. I, I I'm in this weird state where it's like I'm very much a comic book fan, but I'm also like I'm also like a fan of enough of other things that I tend to not look at stuff the same way. Like, So I'm like half general public. I'm like part, I'm like part artsy snob, part general public. I and can't part do that anymore. Public. I used to be that way, but I can't do it anymore because my nerddom for just everything nerddom has reached such heights that everything goes analytic in my brain when I see a, a trailer like that. And it kind of yeah. kills the mood a little bit now. And it's just like... Yeah. Yeah, and, I know and, too and much. That, See, I know too much, honestly, and that kind of ruins it for me. And honestly, I kind of pity you because, for me, like my excitement, like 
I when I judged this trailer, I wasn't judging it as a comic book geek. I was ju- I always judge trailers as a cinema stomp. I'm always like I'm I always look at it less like, ooh, what Easter egg or how well is it going to be rendering the character from the comic or blah 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 blah. I'm like, how good does this movie look unto itself? If I knew nothing about any of these characters, would this still be a good movie? And I think the thing about this trailer is, and that a lot of comic book geeks are being blinded to, is that, like I said, I've shown this to a ton of different people, some of, you know, of varying degrees of being, like, comic book fans, and and most of them have been, like, like when, when the end of that trailer is over, they're like, oh, my gosh, I've got to see that now. Like, because... For most people, you know, for comic book fans, we under, we know the ins and outs of Superman and Batman and everything like that. So when we hear Superman fighting Batman, like, we we start frothing at the mouth with, like, nerd ecstasy. Like, oh, my gosh. Then we can break down the stats. And it's like, you know, it's like sports people analyzing the big game before, during, and after the game. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. most people just want to see a good game. And for most people, when they hear Batman versus Superman, their big most people who are not comfortable with Kent, the biggest question is, why is Batman fighting Superman? I thought they're both the good guys. Oh, and, and they're also this, thinking, like, how is Batman possibly going to beat Superman? Right, right. And this trailer, I think, was the first one that kind of showed, because all the previous trailers have basically just been, Batman's going to fight Superman. No, seriously, Batman's going to fight Superman. No, you don't understand. Batman's pissed. He's going to fight Superman. And, like, for comic book fans, we're like, yeah, I'm going to leave here. For anyone who's not a comic book fan, they're like, I still don't get what's going on. You know? <laughs> Whereas with this one, starting with that dialogue scene, it's like, okay, I get now why these two want to fight each other just with that short scene. It was actually, like, brilliant the way that this trailer built up the conflict that's going on here. Because it starts with the central conflict of of Clark Kent meeting Bruce Wayne and then having that verbal sparring where you see how different their ideologies are. And then all of a sudden, right in the middle of that, some Weasley worm <laughs> that you're kind of laughing because you're like, is this guy for real? And yes, he is. He is absolutely for real. I really do like Jesse Eisenberg as Lex no, Luthor, but I'm still I'm not that, sold I, on him. And see, I personally, I'm not that as a compliment. I'm, I'm excited. Um, if for any of you out there who might have doubts about Jesse Eisenberg, go see a movie called The Double. That's like him at his darkest, and he, he nails, nails that role. But do you think we're even going to see a dark version of him, or are we just going I, to get the psychotic flop? No, I think, I think we're going. I, I, I think we're going to see a dark version of him. I, I'm pretty convinced that, like, most of what we're seeing is him putting on airs and just getting, like... Because the thing about Lex Luthor is Lex Luthor is the most shrewdly manipulative villain of all time. He really is. He's He's got a he quiet knows. wisdom about him, like, that says, I am about five steps ahead of you, and I'm going, and I can destroy you all. Yeah, like he, and he, he, and he, and he, he smiles when he does to it. People. He totally knows. He knows how to play people, and 
And, like, I totally... The thing I loved about all of a sudden Jesse Eisenberg showing up and acting like this total fop moron is I could see right through it. I'm like, that's not the real... You're faking that. It's like... And it well, yeah, he's about me. as real as Bruce Wayne or Clark Kent act, you know, in public. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm just because like, their true selves are, you know, whenever they put on their cape and cowl. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I'm. But anyway, you derailed me from my my major point. But actually, let me build up to it because again, this did a great job of getting right into the central conflict and then introducing how there's more to this movie than just the central conflict. So for everyone, you know, so for the people, you know, so for the people who were already sold based off the central conflict alone, they feel like they've been shown too much now. But for the people who looked at the central conflict and they're like, I'm not convinced, this has been the trailer that has now convinced them like, oh, I get it now. The central conflict is like, the center of all this other crap that's going on now and it's going to lead to you know it's like they're going to be so busy fighting each other that they're they're not paying attention to the real villain that's going on and so on and so forth and and the thing and then you see how much it escalates to oh that they've allowed this villain to you know they've allowed this villain to flourish so much that he's going to level cities only for mother effing Wonder Woman to, to appear. And holy, that's mm, so excited. So excited because, once again, you don't understand. We've seen Batman a lot. We've seen Superman a lot. People take Batman seriously. People at least respect Superman, or at least look at Superman as... Oh, they quietly like, disrespect him, like, to their fullest. Yeah, yeah, they'll, like, quietly disrespect him, but they, but that, that implies that he's an institution to be respected. You know what I mean? Like, people... The, all people know about Wonder Woman is her outfit. Exactly, that's as, true. That's all people are kind of left with when they've, when they've seen her, they're like, oh, she dresses really scantily, and she... Apparently yeah. she's super strong, and, and they don't really and, understand and, her. And this, right here, this is like, this is like, you know, a big turning point for Batman was when the Batman movie was being made. Michael Keaton gets cast. Everyone's up in arms, like, why is Mr. Mom playing Batman? So the quote people fears, they quickly cobble together this really poorly done trailer but that when people see it, they're like, oh, I get it now. This is, and from that moment on, Batman has had respect, you know? And it's like the turning point for Superman was the original thing for that. It's like, you will believe a man will fly. And when people saw it, it's like, holy cow, that was, you know, they have, but then, you know, people still, people respect Superman for a long time. But it's like, the, you know, the turning point for the Joker was, um, was when people were like, Heath Ledger's the Joker, you forget you're kidding me? And then they see the trailer and it's like, it's like, okay, maybe, and the tide starts turning and, you know, it's like there's a newfound respect for the Joker. We are at the point where this, 
again, like I've shown this to so many other people, and every single one of them like throws their shit at at that point when uh, when they're like, wait, who's holding that shield? And you see Wonder Woman's head pop out, and all of them are just like, their jaw just drops. Like, are you kidding me? It's like this is the turning point where Wonder Woman is going to finally get the respect she deserves as a character. She is freaking awesome. And I, and God, I, 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 I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but even after this, she still may not get the respect that she deserves. No, even though I think she deserves it, but I, I don't, I don't believe she's going to get all the respect that she deserves. But well, I mean, she has my like, respect already. No, nothing, nothing is total. You know what I mean? It's like. It's like there's still you still have people like Rouse about Heath Ledger. You still have dude. But haters I mean, gonna hate, man. Haters are gonna hate, and they're gonna hate I, her pretty hard. I'm, I think I'm talking though about like the general public. So the fact is, we comic book nerds don't like to admit it, but we are the minority. We true. Very true. Think that we are are a respected minority, and I think I think from the filmmakers who are making these movies, they look at us as a respected minority. That's why they I think give it us credit. That we they, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like well they they respect they respect the fervor and the way that we'll try and torch their chances at making a good movie. You know what I mean? Like There you go. That's the that's the torch bearing right there. That's that's but hey, yeah. you know what? From a Hollywood executive, that is the most respect you're gonna get, so I'll take it. But um, yes. But yeah, like, but we're in the minority. It's the general public, and I'm telling you, this is unless, hopefully, I guess I should say, but I'm, I can see this being the turning point for Wonder Woman, where the general public goes from, oh yeah, she's that super chick who wears that costume. I don't know anything else better though. I think she spins. She's got nice boobs, though. You know what I mean? It's like, that's that's all I knew know is to, oh, yeah, she's that freaking awesome warrior chick from from the freaking Amazon colony. And when Batman and Superman were duking it out, she was the one who came in and was like, hey, you guys are being morons. There's a bigger threat out here. And she was freaking awesome. And that will be the general public's view on her if this I'm... movie carries out. Well, I'm sold on her already, and I think she's going to be amazing, both as Diana Prince and as Wonder Woman. I can't wait to see what kind of dialogue she'll bring to the table alongside Bruce Wayne, Lex Luthor, and Clark Kent, because obviously she makes her appearance at some parties or events or whatever, and she's a diplomat, obviously. Um, That's kind of her, her other other half, her um, secret identity, I guess, but and we'll see that for sure. But the other thing that I want to cover here with this trailer is the fact that I know we get a dream sequence, but I'm pretty sold on the idea that this is not just a dream sequence. This is uh, this is a um, a vision of of the future that we're going to see. And this may be at the end of the movie. It could be somewhere in the middle. But this is a foretelling of of um, Dark Side and Apocalypse, which. Will probably so be the uh, villains of the of the Justice League Part One and Two. So, so you're convinced, like everyone else, that those were parademons? At least? I'm I'm pretty convinced right now. Um, yeah, until I see otherwise, I'm, I'm I'm playing devil's advocate because I I think the same thing too. <laughs> <But> yeah, 
it's pretty yeah. hard to pass up what you what you see in that dream sequence as anything else other than a vision of the future that yeah. you know Bruce Wayne's getting while he's asleep and maybe it's Martian Manhunter trying to tell him that dude you need to get prepared for this or something like that and he shows up later or whatever but I just think I just you know I'm not going to deny it I really think that's what that is um, are yeah. you on board with that? I'm yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. The thing that Dark Side's amazing villain. He'll be great. Yeah, yeah. The thing, the thing that I think is funny because it's like I've seen this complaint a lot. Like people complain that now that they've seen this trailer, they feel like they know the plot. They know the plot structure. Like they feel like, oh, I know what Act One is, and I know what Act Two is, and I know what Act Three is, and they're like make that sound like that's a bad thing because let me tell you one of my all-time favorite movies was Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring I walked into there pretty much knowing what was going to happen but well, the if way you read a happened, book if you read a book on a movie yeah. then yeah you know what happens yeah but but the way it was going to happen and how it was going to happen still electrified me to the point that I didn't care that I, like, knew the general... In fact, the fact that I knew the general plot structure or, every, you know, that I knew those details allowed me to immerse myself in the movie even more because I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is the book coming to life. You know what I mean? And I feel like comic book fans should be looking at it like that. It's like... it's. And not only that, too, but I'm sorry, you might know the general plot structure, sure, but I look at all these scenes and I still have no idea how they fit with each other. You're like, not going to know if you like it until you see all the pieces come together. Yeah, and exactly. I'm on and board with like, that idea. So. Yeah, and it's like, it's, and, and I look at them, so like, okay, so, and I'm, I'm buzzing with the, I, like, because again, as a writer, I always, I want to be someone like, I kind of want to guess other writers' instincts and kind of, like, see if I can maybe predict where they're going, you know, and see if I was right and, and just kind of marvel at their craft, right? And looking at this trailer, I'm like, and the other trailers that have happened, I'm like, okay, okay, so what's the first scene of this movie going to be? You know what I mean? Like, is it is it going to start off with the vision of the future? Or is it going to start off with with uh, Bruce Wayne and Metropolis seeing the events happen. But it's I'm like, yeah, it seems like the Bruce Wayne and Metropolis would be the good starting point. But then again, that could be a flashback. And it could start here. Or it could, you know what I mean? It's like I look at these scenes, I'm like, I don't know. I see these puzzle pieces. And I'm just, I don't know how they fit together yet. And Don't I can't try make... and put them together. Just leave it up to, no. let, let them do the hey. talking, right? <laughs> hey, hey, don't dictate to me. Well, my own process for enjoying a movie is. I will this tell you how I enjoy, enjoy a movie. You just watch it. That's how you enjoy it. You watch it. No, exactly. But, I mean, there's anticipation. And anyway, whatever. <laughs> all, I'm, all I'm saying is that was, uh, after watching this trailer, I feel like when it comes to Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, this is either going to be the greatest nerdgasm committed to film, or it's going to be a glorious train wreck. Either way, I have got to see this movie. It's a must-see. I mean, I think I'm taking us 
I'm taking off that day of work so I can go see it twice, <laughs> at least. And it's the first time is just for pure enjoyment. The second time is to analyze everything about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna probably go see it the second time just by myself. I'm just gonna sit there and be like, okay, okay, look in the background. Okay, look in the foreground. Okay, what am I looking at here? And then yeah. I'll probably end up just enjoying it anyway, and then I'll stop analyzing after the first hour. And I'll be yeah. like, man, this movie's awesome or awesomely terrible. Yeah. But that's but, the thing. Like, every, everything that I'm seeing in the trailer leads me to be like, I'm like, there is, there's no middle ground on this movie. Like, like if, if Captain America Civil War turns out bad, it'll be, like, mildly disappointing. That's as bad as Yeah, only be. mildly, because Marvel has an impeccable formula for making a superhero movie. Not only that, or, but the Russo or brothers repetitive are repetitive from your stance, either way. But, I mean, it's like, I, I'm true. looking more at the Russo brothers. I'm like, they're, like, either way, they're, just like Joss Whedon, they're, they're very consistent filmmakers. And, you know, I look at Age of Ultron, I look at it as kind of underwhelming. It's not a bad movie. It's just a little underwhelming. I'm like, that's as bad as Civil War is going to be. But when I look at... Batman versus Superman, I'm like, everything that I'm seeing is either absolutely brilliant or absolutely idiotic, depending on the context of the movie. I like. Well, we'll see. I mean, there's still a whole universe for them to put together. But, you know, this is the beginning of the DC, I guess it's the DCEU, is that right? Yeah. yeah it's not the I mean, DCCU. Like, tell me the last time that you saw a trailer, or that you were anticipating a movie that it was guaranteed to either be a glorious train wreck or just an awesome movie. Fantastic Four actually looked really good when I first saw the trailers for it. But then I don't I was think it was like, on the same level. Like I looked. I no, looked no, the not trailers for. Of course not. Not on the same level as either of these. But I thought it was going to be pretty good, and then I was super let down. It was yeah. like having the high of a lifetime right before I go in there, like, thinking about it, and then hearing that it was a total crap storm, I was just like, oh, man. And I yeah. go in there, and it was totally what I expected. I was like, oh, this this blows chunks, man. It's funny. You go back to our podcast where we review that movie, and you can, like, tell that we were in denial. You and I both, we were both in denial about that movie. We're like, it's not as bad as everyone's saying it is. And it's like we were just trying to feel good about a terrible mistake that we both made in seeing that god awful movie. <laughs> it was just like I tried to make myself feel good about making this huge mistake. I was like, man, I just I, paid seven dollars. <laughs> I'm not gonna get that seven dollars back. I still stand by my opinion that the first half to you know three fifths of that movie is actually a good movie. It, yeah, but the true. rest of it is such is garbage. It's such a disaster that it that it invalidates the first half of the movie, which is kind of sad. <laughs> I thought that first half of the movie was going really good, but then it just invalidates it all with that ridiculous last act. You're just like, what the crap? But I mean, yeah, exactly. But anyway, I, but it's like. I feel like with Batman vs. Superman, this is like a rare gift where it's like, either way, either way, we're going to be entertained. You know what I mean? No joke. It's Batman and Superman. You can't go wrong, like, completely. I mean, 
Well, I mean, you but can, like, but not in the same way as, but, like, but Fantastic it, Four. He's going to be... The funny thing is, like, you look at, like, the Fantastic Four, and the failure of that was just like a groan. It was just like, oh, you know, so much wasted potential. But if you look at something like Batman and Robin, see, Batman and Robin, I remember when that came out. And even as a kid, I, I, I instinctively knew that's a bad movie. That's, that's, you know, that's going to be a bad movie. And to just hear, to just be around as, as pop culture swarmed around that movie like sharks was kind of glorious and like a, like a shaping fruit t- sort of way. Don't tell me you didn't go and see that movie, even knowing if it was bad or not, that you didn't sit in that seat and watch that movie and you you quietly smiled to yourself like, ah, oh, it's corny, but it's fun. Uh, I Basically, I'm just like, this is, this is, this is so bad that it's like, this is Mystery Science Theater 3000 bad, you know? Oh, it's like Napoleon Dynamite bad, right? It's it's so bad. It was bad enough that it was fun to watch. And you're like, yeah. it's it's a, it's a, it's like 1960s Batman meets modern yeah. day, you know, 90s culture. Yeah. And see, I look at Batman versus Superman and we, that's, one of the possibilities to see it is true it's like and if that's what if that's what ends up happening that excites me because that's going to be entertaining as hell to watch no joke but if if it's good then it's like then it'll be like electrifyingly good you know what I mean like it'll be like for these elements to come together and be good that just that will have to just be like a movie that you just couldn't believe turned out as good as it did. And so it's like looking at this movie, this movie has the potential to be either the Dark Knight or Batman and Robin. And there is no middle ground. Well, either way, I'm gonna be happy coming out of the theater. I know I'm gonna exactly. come out stupidest, exactly. nerdiest, goofy grin like <laughs> that was awesome. And it doesn't matter whether it was awesomely bad or awesomely great. I'm still going to love it. I don't care. Exactly. exactly. And I'm going to have fun. But um, anyway, wrapping up here, what did you think of the Ben Affleck Batman voice? Yeah. Pretty good? Yeah. I don't know. It's better like... than uh, Christian Bale. Obviously better than that. He's no Kevin Conroy, but I still think it was pretty great. I I was like, yeah, I'm sold. Honestly, when it comes to Christian Bale, like, his voice didn't bug me the way that it bugged other people. There's just only one scene that I think of where where I'm like, okay, this is too ridiculous even for me to handle. And that's the, that's the, where is the trigger? I mean, like, when, he, when he's bopping bang on the head, like, like to, you know, holds his fist up. Kind of like shakes it a little bit and he goes bop on his head. He's like, "Where is it? What are you doing?" Do? I think it was worse in Batman. Be- I think it was the worst in Batman Begins. Actually, it wasn't as bad. I didn't think it was as bad in Dark in the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises. No, you go back and watch that scene where he finally beats Bane. Like, pay attention only to his voice. 
and it it it, ruins, it breaks the scene. It totally does. It was like I I'm must sorry, have been I just too entranced by by him kicking Bane in the face and and uh, kicking him in the you know the, the nards or whatever he was doing to him and breaking his face. Yeah, I, I I was too. The first time I watched the movie, I like I wasn't paying attention to the voice as much. But on the another watch through, I paid attention to just the voice. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is <laughs> like I started laughing. It was. It's ridiculous. Overall, uh, though, uh, what what's your grade on the Batman v Superman trailer? And see, just like just like I believe the movie will be either be a glorious train wreck or or the greatest nerd property ever made, on par with the Avengers or the Dark Knight. I will have to give this trailer like a split grade. Ooh. I feel like. I feel like in terms of crowd pleasing, you know, I would give this move, I would give this trailer an A, because like, it's again, it's different for geeks, but for but for general public, people are reacting to this trailer like, oh my gosh, I've got to see this movie now, and the funny thing is, is a study has been shown, you know, studies have shown that that contrary to popular wisdom, reviewing more of the movie instead of turning people away from wanting to see the movie actually makes them want to see the movie more. Spoiling the movie in the trailer gets more people to see it. That makes me sad. It makes me because sad too, but... Here's the, here's the thing. My, when my, me and my wife, we watch shows together. And I'm the kind of person, I think like most people, where let's say it's a murder mystery show. I like mm-hmm. not knowing who killed the person. Or I like not I like having mysteries in a show and waiting to explore them and seeing how they turn up. If we're watching something on Netflix and there's a part of the show that really bothers my wife, she reads ahead and spoils it for herself so she can find the answers. And it really I'll be honest, I, I don't like it. It ticks me off a little bit because I enjoy a sense of mystery. I enjoy not knowing all the answers and having them revealed to me step by step. And then when that reveal comes, it's just a huge shocker during the show because I like I like watching the show. I want I want to find out through the show. I don't want some spoiler to tell me over Twitter or Instagram or whatever the heck it is. I don't want to know. And, I mean, that's why... My grade for the Batman v Superman trailer is, is teetering. I'm teetering A minus slash B plus because for most of the trailer I loved it, but for the last part I'm I'm with a lot of the the nerd nerdy nerd people like in Collider or whoever else you know talks about the trailer where they say that revealing Doomsday was too much and it tipped the scale for them and it tipped it in the wrong way. If you had left it at that previous trailer that we got from Batman v Superman, that other two-minute uh, Comic-Con trailer, I would have been satisfied. And I would have enjoyed revealing Doomsday in the movie a whole lot more had they left him out of it. But that's where my grade comes from, and I'm kind of sticking to it. I'm going to stick with the A-B minus plus sort of grade. And the, like, from that, this is what I was going to say. I was going to give it a split grade. Like, I'd give it an A for being crowd-pleasing for the non-comic book crowd, but for the making 
the comic book crowd feel like uh, feel like okay, you've shown us too much. We were already excited to see this movie. I'd give it a B minus. Yeah, it's a tough sell either way you look at it. Some people just yeah. love the fact that they know who you know the Doomsday's in it. Other people are like, man, you really should not have done that. You're but, you know you're kind of ruining the fun. But, but yeah, it totally is a tough sell just because you know there's a big. There's a bigger gap between the diehard comic book fans and the average fans than there is for, say, Star Wars. And so, like, I've seen people compare this trailer to the Star Wars one. It's like, the Star Wars trailer has managed to, like, get everyone excited in that without revealing, like, anything. And in my yeah, mind, exactly. it's like, but do you want to know why it's been able to do that? Because it's Star Wars. They don't have to show anything. They say Star Wars, and people will see it. Because Star Wars is so ubiquitous. Star Wars is so well-known that people who aren't even fans could tell tell you the plot to Star Wars. As big as Batman and Superman are, people can tell you what what their costume looks like with the same amount of detail they could tell you the plot of Star Wars. But when it comes to their stories, people who aren't comic book fans could could barely, you know, so they could barely do that. Like, they'll name some of the movies and that's about it. And so, so as a result, there's a bigger gulf between them and the comic book fans, whereas the comic book fans, we already know the stories that they're going to be telling with this. You don't have to tell us. But for the casual people, it's like, we don't know where this is going. Why are they fighting each other? Show this big trailer with, you know, that gives a bunch of crowd-pleasing information. Oh, we get it now. We want to see this movie. And it's like, one way or the other, someone's going to get burned. And unfortunately, it's going to be the minority who was already going to see it anyway. Yeah, I think so. But overall, I, I like the trailer. I'm happy about it. Um, I'm already sold on it. I was sold from the beginning. I was sold from the title of the movie when they first released it. So, I mean, there was no question I'm going to go see it. But yeah. um, And this is this is where I have to confess. I wasn't, totally wasn't, like, Batman fighting Superman. I thought, that's terrible. That is the worst direction you could be taking. Uh, how dare you? Okay, you know what? The Batman <laughs> versus Superman debate is stupid. It is... It is geek dick measuring at its worst. It's like you, you, it, it miss, it's missing the point of superheroes to a drinking urine level. Like it's just, it's like I don't care who would win in a fight between Batman and Superman. I don't, I don't want to like. It. Well, look at it this way. How how. What would be better? What would be a better way of introducing Batman to Superman for him to just be like, "Oh, you're Superman, I'm Batman." They shake hands, they're best friends forever, and they carve their names on a tree next to each other. Or would you prefer to have them duke it out and be like, "Well, my morals are different than yours, and I handle things differently, and they clash." That's that's a lot more interesting and a lot more catchy for people to. 
to uh, catch on to and totally to start right. a universe. You're totally right, but it took this trailer for me to finally see that. Because with the previous trailers, all the previous trailers showed was just Batman is angry at Superman because Superman broke stuff. And <laughs> when you say it that way, it's funny because you make it sound like one kid knocked over another kid's block castle. But that's you know, how I, cool. that's how I look at the whole childish argument. It's seriously like I look at I look at Batman versus Superman as this totally childish argument. My dad could beat up through that. That is exactly what the whole Batman versus Superman argument is. My dad could beat up your dad. And um and so it's a whole lot deeper than that now you know. Uh, yeah, now I know because I because this is the first trailer that showed me that Batman fighting Superman doesn't just affect Batman and Superman; it affects everything around them because they're so busy fighting each other. It allows evil to take root, and it allows everyone to get caught up in having to like, you know, everyone having to having to try and take sides between these two titans, and it takes and and and. You know what I mean? Like, it's sort of... it. This is very kind of grandiose, mythic stuff. You know, this is like... This is like these two demigods are too busy fighting each other to see the devil raising up his army. And... and But at the same time, though, it's like... Even... But at the same time, though, again, I keep bringing it back to Wonder Woman, but the idea of, like, the fact that another Titan has to come in to knock sense into them, but yet they're still potentially outmatched is like, that's electrifying storytelling right there. That is just, because the stakes, this trailer shows me that the, how high the stakes are in this story. The previous I like DC trailer, stuff better. DC raises the stakes better. Yeah, it kind of At does. Like I, I like mythic stuff, uh, and DC is much more mythic style. But, but yeah, anyway, this trailer, yeah, this trailer has me stoked, and I think, I think all y'all who are complaining about it are whiners. Yeah, I I agree. I'm not like whining too much. I because I generally really like it. You're I mean, more grousing than whining. That's that's like minor. That, that's you know. Well, yeah. I'm not I'm not nitpicking everything. I just there's yeah. just one minor thing that kind of you know yeah. you know slide yeah. whistle. <laughs> um, but overall, uh, it's been fun talking about the trailers. Um, come this weekend, we will talk about Jessica Jones. Uh, both of us and Gabe have finally watched through the whole thing, and uh, we will get on that uh, this coming weekend. So. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Give it a few episodes. Go watch it doesn't float your boat. Or watch it now, you know, even while I'm speaking, get out your remote control and start, you know, Netflixing it. That's even Agreed. really the word Netflixing. Um anyway, uh thank you for joining us on our podcast and uh yeah. Uh find us on iTunes, find us on Twitter at Sons of Comics. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube and Google Plus, which Google Plus I haven't done anything with recently, so please forgive me. But nonetheless, you can also find us on Patreon. If you want to do- donate to our podcast, you are more than welcome to do so with the change from your pockets. So empty those pockets and lint. Show us what you got. If you like us, 
find us on Patreon. And uh, thank you very much, and we'll we'll see you soon. <laughs>